بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وأصحابه وموالا وبعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته أهلا وسهلا ومرحبا بكم I welcome you back to this series called I am near also called Unlocking Hearts based on our previous year's episodes during Ramadan In this particular series we look at duas or prayers from the Qur'an and the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam, how we can recite them with deeper meaning, connect to its actual context in which it was revealed or through which we learn about it and what lessons we can derive therefrom. We look once more to the dua or supplication of Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wa salam and again we refer to Surah Al-Qasas which is Surah number 28 and this dua appears in verse number 24 of Surah Al-Qasas. So that's Surah number 28, verse number 24, where Nabi Musa alayhi salatu wasalam says, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. I repeat, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. And one more time, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqeer. The translation of which is, Rabbi, O oh my Lord, inni, indeed I, lima anzalta ilayya for that which you send to me min khayrin of any good faqeerun. I am in need. I am dependent. I am impoverished for. In other words, Nabi Musa والسلام, is not asking for something specific here, but rather, Oh Allah, any good that you can send my way, I am in desperate need of it. So what led Nabi Musa والسلام, to this desperate call and how can we then relate to the supplication and say it with the same or a similar kind of spirit? So in Surah Al-Qasas, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us a large portion of the story of Nabi Musa والسلام, in sequence. And as we know, this is not the usual case for the Qur'an and the stories of the prophets and messengers والسلام. In fact, no prophet's story is mentioned chronologically from the beginning till the end except for the story of Nabi Yusuf والسلام, in Surah Yusuf. But this comes a close second when Nabi Musa والسلام, and his life's journey through being in the home of the Pharaoh and how he was eventually chased out of Egypt or ran for his life. Now it is in relation to that same incident we addressed a few episodes ago wherein Nabi Musa assists one of the Bani Israel against a Copt. But the same person was a troublemaker so Nabi Musa accidentally kills the Coptic god, G-U-A-R-D, and this then leads him into a lot of trouble. Number one, trouble because he believes that he committed a mistake with Allah, and number two, it now gets him into trouble with his own state and the household uh, in which he lives. So he flees for his life, and he flees towards a city known as Madian. And when he arrives there, he arrives as Allah says, at a time where people would be generally sleeping and he takes refuge at a well and there he finds uh, something taking place there which is mentioned in verse number 15 where people were fighting around 
uh, oh sorry no that's uh, later on where people were fighting around the well and Nabi Musa saw two women who were unable to give water to their flock so in this uh, incident Nabi Musa والسلام, goes and he assists them in verse number 24 he says Allah says فَسَقَالَهُمَا he then quenched them meaning he gave assistance to these ladies and gave water to their herd ثُمَّ تَوَلَّى إِلَى then in complete desperation because he now assisted others but he himself is in a desperate situation he takes refuge to the shade and while in the shade he prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala رَبِّ إِنِّي لِمَا أَنزَلْتَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ خَيْرٍ فَقِيرٍ O oh my Lord indeed I for that which you send down of any goodness I am in desperate need so what was his desperate need? Nabi Musa والسلام, fled Egypt. He fled with no money. He fled with no food, no shoes. And on top of that, he was also considered a fugitive in this uh, flea of his. So being completely worn out by the time he arrived in Madian, still finding it within himself to do some good for others who are unable to, do, to fend for themselves and women at that, Nabi Musa والسلام, then turns to Allah and appeals to him, O oh Allah, for whatever goodness you send down, I am in desperate need. And lo and behold, as we would find out later on in this same surah, after he prays to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this state, Allah grants him a wife, a job, as well as a home, all on the same day. La ilaha illallah, subhanallah. This is a demonstration of the power of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but it is also a demonstration of the power of supplication, especially when supplicating within a real life situation where we are really brought down to our knees before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we call out to Him sincerely, with meaning, with feeling, not necessarily only as a as a ritual where we say words because we were taught to say those words or we've memorized them. But we actually feel within a particular situation that we need Allah and we utilize that situation to turn to Allah for our needs. And there are many examples of this in the Quran. One that stands out for me personally is when Nabi Zakaria found sustenance, fruits out of season, with Sayyida Maryam والسلام, even though he was the only one who had access to her quarters and he asked her where did you get this from and she says this is from Allah so in that situation he thinks and he reflects on how Allah can grant her fruits out of season when he himself is desiring to have a son to have a child but he's unable to and he has all but lost hope he hasn't lost hope but he's at his wit's end as to how he would get a son. And he prays to Allah and he says, Allah says, هُنَالِكَ دَعَى زَكَرِيَّا رَبَّ There and then Allah, he calls upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and uh, he makes dua because in his heart and mind, if Allah can grant her fruits out of season, I and my wife, we are also out of season. Perhaps Allah would grant us a son or a child regardless of us being out of season. So this is part of the wisdom of turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in supplication. Often what we do 
is we limit our supplications to formal events or formal time periods and we formalize it to such a degree where it becomes an empty ritual free of any deep thoughts and reflections and connections. What we learn from the prophets and messengers والسلام, is that dua was part of their daily life. It was part of their conversation with Allah. We don't always see them formally opening the dua, formally closing the dua, having a lengthy supplication. We just see in, in his normal everyday speech, he turns to Allah, takes refuge in the shade and says, Rabbi, inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. Oh my Lord, whatever goodness you have to send down upon me, I am in desperate need thereof. And, you know, hesitant to say casual, but natural and organic he speaks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and of course he's speaking to Allah from his heart he's not speaking in a language that he doesn't relate to or doesn't understand for us yes it becomes formally part of the Quran now and a, and a and an act of worship to recite it as it is in the Quran but we can take the lesson from that as well that we should turn to Allah and speak to him subhanahu wa ta'ala from our heart then we also learn from the supplication that Nabi Musa والسلام, connects the opportunity of him having done good for others to turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in asking goodness for himself with great etiquette. And we know that from the sunnah of the Prophet wasila or taking the means and making tawassul Taking the means through our good deeds and asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Oh Allah, through that deed of mine, through that weak and humble effort of mine, Oh Allah, through the service that I did for my parents, or any other good deed that we can pray to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and it would be for us a means for the acceptance of our prayer. And we see examples of this, for example, in Riyadh al-Salihin, with the three individuals who get, they get trapped in a cave and they turn to Allah and make dua to move the boulder from the mouth of the cave for them to be able to leave. And the way they make dua is through tawassul, uh, taking the intercession, الصالحات, with their righteous deeds. And here we see Nabi Musa والسلام, practicing the same. So he assists others, even though he is in desperate need, and through that act, he turns to Allah. He's got nothing, no money, no material means whatsoever. And in his desperation. So you combine all of this, his situation that he's in, his desperate need, his utter reliance on Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He's doing an act, a selfless act for the sake of others, especially those who are weak in, in the social scheme of things and stands up for them and stands up for justice because when he, when he interceded on behalf of these two ladies, what he did was to actually uh, fend, them, uh, fend for them against the male shepherds who were there. And they told him that our father is an elderly man and he can't, he, he can't come and, and get the flock sorted, so we have to do it on his behalf. But what happens now is, you know, we are women and the men, they don't respect us, they don't give us a chance, so we have to wait until they have completely... Uh, done whatever they need to do and then we can take our turn but then Nabi Musa helps them so despite his weakness you know physical state and his desperation he has the heart to help others 
even though he's in need. And then he turns to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in that moment. And then he says these beautiful words. Then we look at the format of his words itself. It's such a beautiful composition because he doesn't say, Oh Allah, send me goodness. Oh Allah, give me this, give me that. He's in desperate need. Allah knows what we need. We don't need to specify every single thing to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's nothing wrong with that. But the point is not to present Allah with a shopping list. Allah already knows that Nabi Musa needed a wife or a family. Allah knew that he needed to find a, you know, sustenance to live and he needed a place to, to take refuge in. And Allah granted him all of this, even though he didn't specifically ask for it. He just asked Allah, Oh Allah, whatever goodness you have to send to me, I am faqir. And then the word faqir has so much depth, subhanAllah. I'm not just in need of it. He didn't say, إِنِّي لِمَا أَنزَلْتَ إِلَيَّ مِنْ خَيْرٍ You know, muhtaj. He, he said, فَقِير I'm in desperate need. A faqir without this context would mean someone impoverished. Someone, someone who is, uh, you know, poor and unable to sustain their own needs. Right? Al-fuqara. Fuqara is the, is the plural word of faqir. And we know that the fuqara and the masakin, this is a category of zakah recipients because that is, uh, that is a specific category of people who cannot meet their own needs in, you know, in, in a material sense. So with these words, he, he speaks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the heart and he begs Allah to grant him any form of goodness that uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sees fit. And what we see in the story, the very next verse, verse number 25, these women then come, at least one of them, فَجَاءَتْهُ إِحْدَاهُمَا تَمْشِي عَلَى اسْتِحْيَا One of the women, one of the women who he assisted earlier on, comes towards him, walking على stihya in the manner of haya. So already we know this is a noble quality because haya within a woman is her beauty. For our deen teaches us that modesty is the quality of beauty within our women folk. And he, he is approached by this woman who he assisted earlier on. She's coming in a, in a modest way and she calls for him uh, on behalf of her father. And her father presents Nabi Musa والسلام, with a proposition of work, of marrying one of his daughters and of a place to stay all from this one supplication. So in our daily lives, when we find ourselves in desperate need, when we find ourselves in a tragic situation, in a difficult situation, it's not only for us to say, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. That's one supplication, that's one sunnah. When we make tarji' and we remember that we are on our way back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and we belong to him, that's a sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Yes, we can also utilize those moments when we are brought down to our knees, when we feel helpless, when we feel as though we have no way out, when we feel as though, you know, we've reached the last straw that broke the camel's back, when we feel as though, you know what, I can't anymore, when we feel as though our patience had run out, instead of turning away from Allah in those moments, utilize, capitalize on those opportunities, which is exactly what they are, and turn to Allah Azza wa Jal, asking Him, begging of Him, Oh Allah, I'm in desperate need of You. And we don't even need to, you know, 
specify the, the various needs that we have. Sometimes we can't even figure out because if we could figure out what we needed, perhaps we could strive towards it. We just feel that there's something wrong or I'm in desperate need. Why not just turn to Allah with that need? For who can, who can be there for us and fulfill our needs except Allah? Rabbana, O oh our Lord, inna, indeed we, lima anzalta ilayna, for whatever goodness you have to send us, faqirun, fuqara'un, we are in desperate need. So remember the dua and let us connect to it and desperately turn to Allah with these words, Rabbi inni lima anzalta ilayya min khayrin faqir. Wasalamun ala al-mursaleen, walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. والسلام عليكم ورحمة الله تعالى وبركاته